everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends getting better. Thank you for being here. We're happy you're here. My name is Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by one music maestro, Jacob Geller. Hello. I didn't expect to be the name that you were going to say after that. <laughs> we like to surprise people. Uh, this is the big music episode of the podcast. For the fourth year running, we're here to celebrate the best game music from 2022. And so, of course, we have to be joined by the one and only, the brilliant music scholar herself, Emily Reese, everybody. Please do consistently refer to me that, which is uh, very, could not be further from the truth. No, no, no. You know everything about music uh, from the level... Everything. Level with Emily podcast, um, which going through that feed, it is just unbelievable how many guests you've had. You know, it's like, oh, I, there's an Austin Winery interview with him talking about Aliens Fireteam Elite. It's like, oh, I missed that somehow. I need to go back and listen to that one. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, there were so many scores that had to be left off, but and his was one of them. But uh, it's really great, and I highly recommend that episode. Austin is always an entertainer. You know, he's just a vibrant bubbly fella and so it's like really fun to listen to him talk about his music yeah absolutely. i was listening to the the immortality one last night which is a game that i just like wrote a huge amount about and then you and the composer went into like a whole different category of like here's here's even more subtext to that game and what the score <laughs> is doing yeah yeah that was a great one too god i forgot all about that one they needed the sigh right yep. mm-hmm. yeah that yeah, was yeah. great oh she well and she ended up winning Stuff not for that, but f- she won Emmys, I think, for uh, a couple of Netflix docs that she did, which is oh, really, really cool. So yeah, she's oh, fantastic. But yeah, yeah, Level with Emily is the name of that podcast. Please check it out. Um, and today we're here to honor the greatest game music of 2022. We have a lot of tracks to get to. Some people from the community oh, over there on Patreon submitted some great stuff. So it's going to be a nice episode for sitting back and relaxing and listening to music. But before we get to that, we can't relax. We should get really stressed out. Um, because we're in combat, baby. Because uh, we're looking for an update on Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is out this week. Yeah. Uh, before we even get to that, uh, also out this week, Need for Speed Unbound. We have not played that yet. I'm curious to see how that is. I, I like some of those games. Um, and then the Callisto Protocol, which I know you're champing at the bit to play, Jacob Geller. Um, we also we have not received codes yet. Mysterious media strategy for the Callisto (laughs) Protocol, a survival horror of trying to get codes early. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll let you know what we think about it when we play it, but Marvel's Midnight Suns is out uh, this Friday as well, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I believe that was. Maybe that was last week, even. It was just last week, Okay. because I know how much I've played between last week and this week. Yeah, and uh, Leo and I uh, liked what we played, but we're still in the early phase, and now, Jacob Geller, you've played a hell of a lot more of Marvel midnight suns yeah i mean what's what's interesting is that last week we were like man the characters sure talk a lot but like the combat seems fun and that's you know basically all we had to say now i'm 24 hours into the game and i can say boy the characters sure talk a lot but like oh my god is that combat fun okay so (laughs) so the enjoyment levels are the sensation levels of playing it's like characters still talking a lot but your enjoyment of the combat has accelerated to the point that that is so much lower below you at this point yeah i mean and i i do want to give it credit i think as the game goes on those conversations become more interesting it's fun to see the relationships develop but really what i'm still playing for is kind of the XCOM uh incredibly compelling loop of you get like you go into combat you do stuff you come home 
you can then unlock new abilities or upgrade things with the stuff you just got. And then you want to go back into combat because you want to try out the stuff you just unlocked. And then you come back and you have more. And so it's just like it, it really has that. I'm just going to play one more round thing that has consistently uh -huh. been kind of keeping me up late. Uh, yeah. And man, I like I, I tweeted a clip of this this morning, but like. As you get to know the characters move sets like they really have a great grasp of what makes each character cool as a superhero. And so nice. Spider-Man's deck becomes super acrobatic where you're like running around the stage and throwing things at people. And Captain Marvel is, uh, I would say, conservatively twice as strong as anyone else in the game and and so you have situations where every single enemy on the field is attacking her and she's just like not taking any damage and punching them back and it it rules accurate. like I, yeah <laughs> it seems accurate um so it's just yeah it, the 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 way they are conveying character through the tactics kind of layer is so interesting and compelling and i don't think I'm even halfway through the game yet. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of game there. Is the is the RPG stuff all right? Like running around the Abbey and building that out? Is that kind of evolving in an interesting way? I mean the the way in that it's interesting is the kind of XCOM thing of you build a new facility and that gives your characters new abilities in combat. Right. Um, and so it's still just kind of preparing yourself for the tactics layer. Um, it's it's fine. I still don't think there need to be sections where you're 3D controlling a character walking around an environment. Yeah. That just kind of feels like they had the money to do it, so they did. Um, but, you know, the characters all get their time to shine, and it is fun that you can be like, hey, I'm going to go watch a movie with Ghost Rider. And then, <laughs> and then everybody's fantasy. The uh, Look, I know this is early, but it, it, you think it's gonna be in the mid-range for your personal top 10 list of the year or like at this trajectory where is it landing do you think i i i i don't know in that i just like my my list is coming together very quickly and like i don't think i'm gonna beat this game and i don't uh, personally i don't want to put a game that i have not beat on a top 10 list and yeah. so my guess is i'll finish it you know in the middle towards the end of december but by that time my list will kind of already be out right um, right and I don't I still don't like the conversations that much. So it's hard that the game has like one part that you really, really like. And then one part that I'm kind of. Eh, on. Yeah. Yeah. But Marvel's Midnight Suns, everybody check it out. It's on the new gen systems and it's going to be last gen next year, I think. And then also they say switch next year. But yeah, I, I'm curious to go back to it at some point and uh, play a little bit more. But I'm curious about that thing. Uh, all right. Should we descend into Musicville? Do it. Music Town USA. Oh, we each have some tracks from games this year. Um, I have all of them. I am the mastermind, um, but nobody else knows what uh, each other picks. So it's fun to see all these games coming in. Some of them have to Google like, wait, this came out this year. I don't even know what this is, uh, but I love it. I sent came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think you're safe. I think you're safe. They did. Uh, Jacob Geller. Uh, well, let's start with the, the music maestro herself. Uh, oh, Emily Reese. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Where were yours that you sent me? Okay. Starting with a, just a good classic, but I think it's a great place to start when you're talking about the best game music of 2022. Uh, should we just jump yeah. right into it and then unpack it a little bit? 
We can, yeah. This okay. isn't my personal top choice. It's just the first one I sent you. But yes. I think this will win. I think it will. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that, but it, I think it has a really good chance of winning. So, uh, And I loved it. So, yeah, go for it. Here we go. It's not the theme either. Nope. I love it. Remember this place, Jacob Geller? Oh, I'm having like like flashbacks. I'm here. Uh, this is Elden yeah. Ring, everybody. This is Lim Grave from Elden Ring. Yeah. Not your typical score, Emily. I feel like. Not mine personally, or yeah, or just in general. It's an interesting choice, but just kind of the this one really stuck out to you. Yeah, I mean, the game, obviously, amazing game, uh, and I, I put many, many hours into it, and, and I think I was so struck by, uh, you know, I think from software games and, and Souls games are, you know, known for, like, the blend of, like, metal and orchestra and, like, all these really, like, epic boss fights. Oh, it's just so beautiful and delicate, though. Yeah. And the contrast, I just loved just, like how it kind of makes you feel like you're on pins and needles, which you are in this game, right? Because at right. any second you could lose 100,000 runes. But it's like so beautiful. And uh, I, I just love the contrast. And I think, you know, a game with five or more composers is going to be hard to pull off, kind of an overarching situation. But I think I think the whole soundtrack is phenomenal. And... Um, just spending time in that place in Limgrave with yeah. that, just like just that beautiful music. It's just really special. Yeah. You're right. It's such a delicate balance and they completely nail it for yeah. beautiful, but scary. That, that is yeah. that song for Limgrave. It's unbelievable. Yep. And pins and, and needles. Yeah. It's also really cool because the souls games have traditionally not had music in the environment at all. They're like, right. they're silent and then you get to a boss and there's a big thing. And so for them to, to do something new, but uh, just kind of nail it in a way where like, I didn't even feel like I was listening to music while right. I was playing it in those sections. It was just like, this is what Limgrave sounds like. You know, yeah. this is kind of the sound of the wind here is yeah. this yep. song. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Uh, okay. Jacob Keller, your, your first choice. I love to see it. Uh, this is from the Stanley <laughs> Parable Ultra Deluxe. Oh, yeah called Good Job, You Made It to the Bottom of the Mind Control Facility. <laughs> should we set it up or should we just play it, Jacob Geller? Just play it. Okay. Good job, you did it. Good job. Three, two, one. Good job, you made it to the bottom of the mind control facility. You jumped on the catwalk. Should've been careful, should've been careful It used to be a bug But now it's an ending, now it's an ending And I believe in you I believe in your ability to cross this barrier And chase your dreams But railings don't mean anything 
the perfect uh, perfect That's game so to follow up the Elden Ring soundtrack with. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I feel. I feel I know I've probably said this every year, Emily, but I feel so self-conscious playing music around you because you're so what? smart and you know so much. And then Jacob and I are just playing grab-ass, stupid, silly no, I love songs it. for you. Okay, <laughs> I love Good. it. It's great. Uh, Jacob Keller, um, people need to play that game, and it's a tough one to talk about yeah. still all these months later. Um, yeah. So, so the context of that song is. In the original Stanley Parable, there was a thing you could do where you could, like, essentially glitch yourself over a railing and just fall into a bottomless pit, and you would just stop there, and you would have to restart the game. Right. And they kept that for the Ultra Deluxe version, but they just added that song. (laughs) And the the lyrics are literally just, like, uh, used to be a glitch, but now it's an ending. It's perfect. And it's like, it's chasing your dreams. Um, And also, that was... uh, We actually... We talked about that song earlier because that was, like, uh, Dominic, who we interviewed earlier. Yeah. Like, he was not the composer for most of the game, but he did that song. Like, that's that's him singing. Uh, I just... I think it's so funny, and that song has gotten stuck in my head so many times. Just a good job you did it. I can see the refrain. Good job you did it. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, All right, my first pick is from um, a game that I guess was not beloved this year, but it's worth celebrating some good music, even if the game didn't exactly land. But uh, this is the title theme to Saints Row 2022. Nice. It's the um the composer is the in-house composer at Volition, uh, Malcolm Kirby Jr. So they've been there in nice. composing since like Saints Row the Third. So I have to imagine it's like, all right, now you can do a new Saints Row theme, um, but American Southwest, go for it. Just to have like a specific vibe to hit for the new theme for a series that he's been working on for so long, just must have been a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Love I'm really glad you that. chose that one because oh. I remember like hearing that opening and thinking like, is this game going to be really good? <laughs> is this going to be then, the 10 out of 10? And then like it wasn't, but like that title oh. track is great. Yep, exactly. We're celebrating. Uh, there we go. Saints Row, everybody. Check out the main title track. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kyle couldn't be here today, unfortunately, but he did send over some of his picks. Uh, do you want to check out his picks here? Yes, 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 right. yes. His Always. first pick is, is from Curse to Gulf. And this mm. is the third track on the soundtrack, and it's called A Fortuitous Meeting. So, Curse to oh Golf God. soundtrack. Here we go.
Excellent. Good job, Krista Golf. <laughs> you really did it. Yeah, people from the community wrote in about Krista Golf as well. Uh, that's nice. awesome that it's finally getting there's its due. A, there's a ghost with bagpipes that you talk to in that game, and that's oh, I think that's the theme that plays when you're talking to him. I love that's it. That's perfect. I love it. Uh, all right, uh, your second choice, Emily Reese. Um, well, this is actually my personal first choice, which oh. I, I was like, so I didn't even think to send them to you in, yeah, in order. Yeah, so it's all jumble. I apologize. Um, I love wow. it. So this is from Far Changing Tides, another game mm-hmm. that you forget came out this year, but let's listen to this here. Yeah. The song is called oh, Circling, the first song in the soundtrack to Far Changing Tides. Did you- yeah, and that was one I like. I like couldn't even choose which track I wanted to send you. I love that whole soundtrack so much. Yeah, were you really into the Lone Sail soundtrack as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're both really good, and and you know Joel or Yoel because he's uh, from Switzerland, ah. which was fun. I'd never interviewed someone in Switzerland before. <laughs> <laughs> which was weird. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I mean, he just used tons of live instruments and got a bunch of friends to play and they recorded it in his apartment and he's awesome. showing me all these like instruments he has scattered around his apartment and uh, what a neat guy, you know, just and such a great soundtrack. And since there's water, so much water in this game, so much of the music reflects that in some way, shape or form, which is really neat to see how musicians you know, portray water, and uh, he he does it in in a multitude of ways, really, really well. And and I just I was just so blown away by that whole album. That's awesome. Yeah, far changing yeah. tides. That soundtrack there. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. All right. Speaking of a goodie, um, a lot of people in the community have got your back on this. By the way, Jacob Geller. Uh, let's say specifically, uh, Canadian and Neil Smith both wrote in to compliment you for putting this game on the radar. But this is, of course, uh, Citizen Sleeper. Oh, One of your yeah, favorite yeah. games of the year. Should we set this sucker up or just let her rip? Yeah, I mean, I this is one of those where I kind of just picked one track, but the the album is like my I just I just love the sound of Citizen Sleeper so much. And and the whole it's like it's a space station and the the music it just has this very kind of like 
fragile feeling you know where it's like you as a character are kind of barely staying alive and the whole ship is barely hanging together and then the music feels kind of sci-fi but also just like very like gentle and like don't don't break it uh <laughs> it's just really pretty here we go seems soothing that seems great um are we all damn fools if we don't go back to citizen sleeper and give it another shot i mean i i i don't know you know like yes but okay. also it, it's it, it is a game where you just have to kind of read and do stuff and i know that sometimes that just doesn't click with people yeah um can I call you up and you can like read it to me as like an audiobook experience? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I like, you know, it's 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 one of my favorites of the year, but like I won't be upset if it's not high on Midmax's list, sure, you sure. know. Well, hey, don't rule it out. We'll see how it goes. Leo played it, he liked it. There we go. Citizen Sleeper everybody. Uh Possible Futures is the name of that track there. Uh, let's see what Kyle has. I'm very curious about this. This is from the soundtrack to Air Twister. Which, oh yeah, <laughs> you know Air we, Twister. Well, we we talked about it oh, when I had right. you guys on. And, yeah, yeah, and then he and I had this whole conversation about it after. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's amazing. I am yeah. fascinated. Oh, so this this is that Yusuzuki game, right? Yes, the Yusuzuki joint. Yeah. Um, okay, kind of the spiritual successor to. Oh my gosh, help me out, chat. What is the name of that old space area? Um, okay, so this is. <laughs> I won't even set up the name of this track. Let's see if we can just figure it out here. Do you believe in me? Please don't mind my melody. What? This is the story of my life. I was born Oh, Kyle, what have you done?
Okay, that's, that's a mobile game, everybody, where you're flying around shooting stuff. Air Twister. I was thrown off because the name of the track is Phantom of the Opera 2022. <laughs> so I thought it was going to be like a remix of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> but Freddie Mercury lives, everybody, inside of Yu Suzuki's Air Twister, but apparently. It truly, it's like an AI-generated queen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's that guy. He's from somewhere in Northern Europe, I think, like the Netherlands or okay. Denmark or something like that, if I remember right. Yeah. I could, could be off there, but... That is wild. Air twist yeah, for everybody. All right, love it. Um, let's see. This is one... I'm really curious to see how this is received. This is from a game called Grapple Dog, which is a platformer that didn't get uh, that much love out there, but it's solid okay. and good. But this is the sound... This is the, I tip my hand. This is the song from the first level of Grapple Dog here. Yes. It's very WarioWare, uh, but it is it is a wild soundtrack throughout the entire thing. Um, Who was that? Who wrote it? Um, great question. Jazz Mickle is their name. <laughs> okay. Um, I, did, I should look and see what else they did. But yeah, this is just another, uh, this is like an ice level in the game. I see. You get it. Grapple Dog, everybody. Check it out. Great. It's cool. Uh, yeah, Jethrin watching us live at the Backstage Past here. They say, that sounds like a song by someone named Jazz. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jazz Mickle, everybody. <laughs> all right. Grapple yeah. Dog's the name of that game. Uh, all right. Uh, are we back to you, Emily? I do believe. Yeah, I can't remember which one I sent you third. Oh, right. no, I do remember. Imp oh, okay. of oh, the good. Sun. Imp of the Sun. That's a game that can't? I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a Peru. They're they're all from Peru, which is why this score is so great. Oh, all right, let's check it out. And you can this one starts kind of slow, okay, and then kind of kicks I, into this really great slow Peruvian thing. Should I jump ahead to a certain point? Uh, you can go ahead, like try thirty seconds, maybe. Okay. It should come pretty quickly. <clears throat> Yeah.
Yeah, I'm going to talk over this. Sure. I, I, pardon me, I, I love this score just because I learned so much about Peru, yeah. which was cool. And the game is great. It, it reminds me kind of Ori-esque in yeah. that, you know, there's this little character with a theme and, you know, so the composer Jose uses all these themes throughout and there's all these different indigenous Peruvian languages that they use depending on the biome they're in oh, and wow. all the biomes reflect the country of Peru. And I just thought it was such an amazing, um, like, first effort from this studio. They're like, we want to make a game about Peru. And they did, and it's so great. And the whole soundtrack is just beautiful. There's this choral stuff, like, you know, and all these Peruvian instruments, like that flute you're hearing is called the kena, which is really cool. And uh, I just thought it was just what an awesome way to tell the world cool things about Peru. You yeah. Know, make this great game and yeah, yeah, I loved it. Imp of the Sun is the name of that game and we can... Yep. Uh, we well can, worth it. You yep. can put links below for all these tracks too if you want to listen to them on your own accord. That's awesome. What a cool pick. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I even heard of that game. That's uh, great. Okay, here we go. Another one from Sir Jacob Geller. Uh, do you want to set this one up or you want to jump right into this Tunic track? No, I, I do want to set it up yeah. because um, this is another one where it's like I like the song, but Tunic just needed to be on here because, um, and Emily, I, I wonder if you have talked about this already, but Tunic has a a literal music language in that, like, it uses the notes of songs to, like, spell words and messages. There's, what? like, a whole... Tu- Tunic is... Tunic is very Fez-like in that there is, like, a puzzle ARG that is so much wilder than you would ever expect. And, like, one of the things in it is, like, the, the musical notation is a a just a literal language that the composer invented for the game that is, like, used wow. in its high-level puzzles. And so and it's, like, I... I don't know the language for one, but it's like, I like this song, but really it's just kind of like an achievement in music. It feels like Tunic is is way up there for 2022. I love it. Yeah, this is The Weight of Rain from Tunic. everybody yeah, so it's just very cool and atmospheric and then somewhere 
within those cool atmosphere notes is like it saying like rain or something like it within the song itself that's bizarre yeah ian savino also wrote in from the community to talk about a tunic soundtrack and how good it is so i'm glad we hit it there uh let's see this is a pick from kyle uh shovel knight dig everybody let's see this Wait. <laughs> Wait, did he just send me the whole soundtrack? Alright, I'll shut up. Shovel Knight Dig by Jake Kaufman. Uh, a great soundtrack from that little game. Uh, let's see. We had to get to this one eventually. Uh, this is a song from God of War Ragnarok. Bear McCreary, the composer. Um, this is a, a song about Odin, but I won't say anything beyond that. But here's kind of the, the tail end of it. Wouldn't that be it fun? It wouldn't fit. <laughs> Is that right? They're all just every instrument wall possible in there. Too many people in there already. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to that soundtrack much, Emily? The God of War Ragnarok? One? I haven't yet. I haven't played it either. Oh my but gosh. My neighbor has played it and I can hear him playing it across <laughs> the room sometimes. He's like, Am I being too loud? I'm like, no. From the just, other room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not quite as loud as when he was playing Rocket League the other night, which was pretty funny. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean Bear McCreary is wonderful and I love him very much. So I, but I have not listened to much of it. No. It, it's so good. I mean, there's so many I'm sure it's fights in particular, but there's so many moments where it's like, God, this song rules. And then it's a classic problem of like, how do I Google this exact track? I don't think it's easy to find on the soundtrack and everything's kind of coded and like the language for it and everything to try and avoid spoilers. But God, there's so much good stuff yeah, in there, there for sure. Just that thing that they added from the last game, because that like, boom, 
bum 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 is kind of like the new God of War theme, but they just added that part at the end that's like dun dun dun. I think that, that was just, in the last one. I think that was in the last was one. It? I'm pretty I feel, sure. I feel like maybe they just did it up. And then also, I, I can't say anything about the context of this, but there's a song that's just on Hurdy Gurdy uh, towards right. the end of the soundtrack that is like my favorite from that game. I think yeah, uh, that's oh, it's so good. And I know because I'm really smart, but Hurdy Gurdy, what, what is that? <laughs> it's like a it's like a weird instrument that what like you crank right it's like a little little organ thing like <sighs> but you yeah it just i can't describe it very well you would, okay. you would know the sound because it's yeah. just kind of you know it's like oh we're in like ye old medieval town <laughs> okay someone's yeah a hurdy someone's hurdy. got a monkey on their shoulder and okay got it yeah. it's a really good name for it then <laughs> uh let's see some bonus stuff uh emily do you want to get to another one here Oh yeah, what did I send you for my bonuses? Oh, uh, you sent me. Oh, oh so ooh, good, Gibbon. So good. Hang on, Gibbon. I played this game. Yeah, I forgot about this. Oh, Beyond this music the trees, is so good. I'm a huge fan of Scientific. He did the Oxenfree music. He's doing Oxenfree Two, which is coming out next year. He did Jet to the Far Shore, which yeah, I was thinking about that one. Mind blowing soundtrack. Um, and Gibbon is so good. The only reason I didn't include this, like in my top is because a lot of the music is on rails like you know what that mm, means like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily interactive as much because the game is kind of on rails so you know that makes it quote unquote easier for the composer right because they're not having to really plan with interaction as hmm. much as they're having to plan for you know fitting in with sound design and stuff but oh man the way he builds these tracks and this first track is pretty long so we don't have to you know whatever oh, well, but let's jump um, in. It's just all so, so good. At the, and it's just a great listen on its own, too, which is one of the things I really appreciate in a, in a good soundtrack. So, yeah, so yeah. this is from Gibbon Beyond the Trees, which was a cool game about swinging around as a monkey, and it, it tells an interesting story. Gibbon and you brachiate, just so you know. I what? Brachiating, that's what that's called when you swing. That's how oh, they, that's really? what it's called. Oh, really? damn. Yeah, and gibbons are different than monkeys but yeah that's right and a hurdy-gurdy is an instrument we're learning a lot here today should i jump ahead a little bit emily the song is seven minutes if you want yeah go ahead yeah And the echoes are like the gibbons talking to each other because that's sure. how they communicate. And yeah, it's so cool. I'm going to try jumping ahead a little bit again. Go ahead. Gist. I love it. Is the instrument one of those like where you like pluck your fingers and like I a was, little thing? I was just trying to Mira. look that up. Uh, it's, I think it's I think it's probably gamelan samples. Okay. Is what I guess. Um, but it it could be it could be imbira, which is thumb thumb piano. Okay. Uh, there I wouldn't be surprised if there's thumb piano in there as well. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Jacob, you got another one, dude? Uh, yeah. This is a game that we uh 
could not possibly do this list without including, which is Neon White. There we uh, go. Which is just one of, one of the kind of banger soundtracks of this year. Um, and yeah, skip skip to like 105 in this track. It makes me want to speed run just listening to that. I really it feel makes like you want to drop some Molly and go to the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do there, that. In, in any game where you just have to restart a level like 30 times, having music that just kind of puts you in a trance is very important. Yeah. And so it's like it totally <laughs> does its job. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Neon white, everybody. Uh, let's see. This one is cheating, I think, a little bit, so please forgive me, but this is, um, I don't think this song is in the game, but I haven't finished the game, so correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the music from the announcement trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, so here's, here's a little bit of this. Just to get you in the mood for an open world Pokemon game. You can't ignore a game like that. Great. Put it on How'd your you radar. find the music file for that? How'd you get that? Ah, uh, that's actually just a trailer running. They didn't have sound effects in the trailer, so oh, <laughs> just put nice. underneath. Yeah. yeah, let <laughs> okay. me know if it's in the game. Like that'd be awesome if they squeeze it in somewhere. I'm sure it's just kind of a trailer music house. Those exist, right, Emily? Where you just kind of contract oh, out. Oh and... yeah, yeah, yeah. That might not even have, be someone who wrote for the game, but yeah, probably. It. I mean, I think yeah, depends. Uh, let's see, Emily. You have another uh, overflow one. Oh, I think so this game good. released last year. But it did, but this is not this is not part of the game. So Ooh. this is the additional content that released. Well, okay, last year additional content came out for Outer Wilds. Yeah, right. Echoes of the Eye. Right. This year, Andrew Prallo, the composer, wrote a tribute album to the fact that he had spent ten years with these com- this these characters and they were closing they're not going to do any more Outer Wilds I, I don't know maybe they are but um, they were closing this chapter and yeah. he was just like really bummed about that and so he wrote six or seven tribute tracks and, and it's confusing oh, wow. when when he asked if I would interview him about it I was very confused because you go to like you go to Spotify you see Outer Wilds soundtrack then there's Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye soundtrack 
But then there's Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, The Lost Reels. And at the bottom of that are these additional tracks that he added to the Echoes of the Eye. So it can be difficult to kind of understand what, what's happening, but I think it's like the last six or seven tracks of the Echoes of the Eye, The Lost Reels. Okay. So, um, so that was all released this year, The Lost Reels. And it is just the most tender, like thoughtful, loving tribute he could possibly write for this music that he's been writing for a decade and i'm scared this is going to make me too emotional like it, on the podcast to listen to. <laughs> oh yeah i mean you would probably need a little more time than what we're going to hear but maybe i don't know but it, it, it just it was so moving to me and also just moving to hear him talk about how yeah. much all the music meant to him. So that's why this, you know, again, this is like an honorable mention, because it's like you said, the game came out last year, even though this music was from this year, it's not really for the game, you know? Right. Oh, that's but confusing. it's well worth a listen. If you're familiar with the Outer Wilds music, that is, yeah. Yeah, so this is Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, uh, Rivers End Times is the name of this. Yeah, I mean, it it really does deserve and in a lot of ways require just contemplative listening. Like, and that's the other thing that I really love about it is that it does stand alone, but it it's it's really kind of like a concept album in that right. most of the tracks segue into each other, and um, it's just it's just really special what he did yeah. with, with it. So I love, I, I love it. Yeah. It's such an odd thing to write a tribute album to the music you yourself compose, but it's not new music. And it's like almost like he's writing music for a hypothetical sequel to Outer Wilds or something that they are not going to create. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of Sarah Pazorski. She's a big fan of Outer Wilds, obviously. And um, she mm. was screaming in the Monday meeting, Sonic Frontiers, Sonic Frontiers, the soundtrack to Sonic Frontiers is very good. So honorable mention as well to Sonic Frontiers' boss music in honor of Sarah. Awesome. Uh, uh, let's see. Ooh, Jacob, you got some more. Oh, Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3. Yeah, so a lot of the Bayonetta 3 soundtrack sounds like the first two Bayonetta soundtracks, which is, like, very good, very kind of... I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, this this kind of, like fun big band whatever and then bayonetta has a new has a new like 
I don't know what her song is called this year, but every every game she has like a theme song. Uh, but this is not that. This is the theme song to Viola, who is like the other playable character uh, who I don't like playing as her and I don't really like the character, but I think her theme song rules. And so I just wanted to include that. All right, here we go. Beta 3 centric Viola's battle song. As you're battling as Viola, this is just playing in the background? Yeah. That's yeah, really it's good. the kind of like Devil May Cry thing of like they have a song with lyrics that will come up every time there's a fight with her. And that's wow. your favorite thing in any video game. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Fights <laughs> and with it's songs like her, lyrics. Her whole character is kind of like she's kind of a punk and kind of like a poser and she's like mad at, you know, Bayonetta, who's kind of like her mom. And so it's it just feels very much like stay out of my room, mom. I'm going to listen to my own rock music. And then like that's <laughs> that. Uh, my bonus track. Um, another one is uh, this is uh, from the Final Fantasy series renowned for its music obviously and this is truly one of the greatest efforts here this is from uh chocobo gp everybody the min menu theme So bad. It feels so bad for the singer trying to shoehorn these lyrics into this like uh, almighty Leviathan. How do I break this work? I mean, do you think do you think this was like originally in Japanese? Had and to be. These are like Had translated English lyrics. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There they go. Chocobo GP, everybody. Came out this year. Uh, okay, you're probably, if you're listening right now, I bet there are thousands of you screaming just shrieking to the heavens about all the songs they haven't hit yet, specifically ones that the community has you covered for. So, Nugget. Oh, yes. Um, yes. All right. Emily Reese <laughs> wrote down a piece of paper Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That's exactly right. Nugget wrote in to Patreon and they say, one of my favorite things about Xenoblade and the series is its music. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is no exception. This song in particular, Chain Attack from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, never fails to get me bumping. So, here we go, everybody.
play yeah. I, I, I think I should maybe play this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any other soundtrack is trying this year compared to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I will say that if you go to YouTube and you're like, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 soundtrack. Yeah. It's 11 and a half hours long. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm like, okay, I understand that in a giant game like this that isn't abnormal but most sensible people would condense that down into something that the average consumer could consume right like that's longer than i was awake yesterday you know i mean it's just like it's like how can you i can't spend 11 and a half hours listening to you i could game you for 200 hours Uh but i'm not gaming you right now so give me something digestible that i can like, Not interesting. Snack on. Yeah, know? I wonder if this is kind of a Japanese thing because even the soundtrack to like Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's also just like 400 CDs long or something absurd. Yeah, it's but. like they're literally putting in all the music, which I, I both respect and loathe. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that's just unreasonable, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good, though. It's, it's so, so good. good. Uh, Mitsuda and a bunch of other composers for uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, Dennis M. also wrote in saying the soundtrack of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is incredible. One of my favorite tracks is the boss battle theme, specifically the version with the flute, which goes even harder when you know the story context. Okay, here we go. This is Mobius Battle M. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm rocking too hard. Mobius Battle M, everybody. All right, now what were you saying, Jacob Geller? <laughs> there's just there's a part of that where it sounds like there's like a motorcycle revving in the background. <laughs> it's just like vroom, vroom, vroom. There's a lot of robots in there. All right, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, congratulations. Uh, let's see, we have more. Oh, Jacob Geller, also you have one from uh, Metal Hellsinger, which was nominated yeah, for the Game I, Awards another here. game that's like about music, so it felt like, uh, you know, deserved, deserved a spot here. I uh, never listen to metal in my normal everyday life, yeah. uh, but I I think one of the impressive things about this game is while I was playing it, I was like, this is good. I, I like I, I'm enjoying this. You know, it, it was not. I think honestly, I think metal requires more conscious listening than I am usually doing. Like I'm kind of huh. a passive music listener and passively it's kind of an unpleasant experience but like when you are really trying to to live in the music like in that game because you have to do everything in time with it i I started to feel it more Uh, and this is this is from the last level and it has uh, the singer from system of a down which i even i understand is a a a big deal in that world (laughs) that's right is that the oh guy no how dare you that's disturbed (laughs) this is the chop suey people Um, okay metal hill singer oh 
if this is metal, I could listen this, to this. Yeah, this might be, it's seven minutes long, so I don't know, you might have to jump ahead in <laughs> this right, one. Here we go. <laughs> I'd like to play a game to this. That sounds really good. And it, and it has that thing where when you're, the lyrics only come in when you're doing well, you know? It's oh, like that's right. the highest multiplier level, then the lyrics kick in, which is just a, a mechanic that I want every game to have. I love that. Yeah, Michael Berry from the community submitted a track. Uh, this is from a game called Nightmare Reaper which is kind of like a, a Doom 90s FPS throwback game that I forgot about that came out earlier this year, but this is a track that uh, they really loved. Nightmare Reaper is the name of that game. And I love it. It's just like, yeah, the Great. guys at id in the early 90s, um, they really like metal. And now it's just kind of still <laughs> having ramifications in 2022, which is bananas. Uh, let's see. We have more stuff from the community. You want to blast through that? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Oh, before we get to that, though, uh, Jacob Geller, you have one more here uh, in your bonus oh, track. Oh, th this, one, this one's a min-max special. I just felt like we had to include this. We have to do it. Okay, this is in honor of Steam Secret Stash. Here we go. from How Fish Is Made, <laughs> the game on Steam. That's right. Uh, and, and, and seeing this without the image, or hearing this without the imagery is, is, is a sad imitation because there are lyrics, but they're only like subtitled in. <laughs> just put it uh, on top, yeah. And the, and the lyrics are insane. <laughs> Let's see, I mean, I can try singing it. Um, do fish feel pain? And then it's dancing. <clears throat> oh yes, you'll be buried with it. <laughs> Do right, follow that plan, written on the side of the can. It's obvious until it isn't. I feel like they should have done that for Chocobo GP. Just put the lyrics on top, <laughs> like you sing it. You try and sing this crap. Uh, Ross Fund, Ross the Star Wars guy Fund, uh, friend of the show. Uh, he wrote in saying best game music of 2022 is Megalomania from Live Alive, which I understand oh. this is probably confusing for folks, but Live Alive's Megalomania is the inspiration for Megalovania from Undertale, which is a song oh, you might bizarre. know. So it's a 
game from 1994 for the Super Nintendo, but then the remake came out for Switch this year. So this is Megalomania from Live Alive. Great track. Boss music in Live Alive. That game is so good, everybody. Yeah. That sounds less like Megalovania than I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? That is like, really I, I thought they were going to be really transferable, but it's just like, no, just two kind of high energy. You get the vibe, tracks. is about the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a new uh, album from the OC Jazz Collective, which is the jazz group from the OC Remix Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they ju- it, it came out like last week, and they do a version of that track and it's like my favorite track Ooh, on the album really? so yeah they do like an snes tribute album and and that's that's on there it's oh, really really that. good uh yeah. micah tillman wrote in and says jim guthrie's nobody saves the world soundtrack is wall-to-wall bangers here's legendary dungeons but it was hard to pick just one but here's a uh, nobody saves the world so good everybody that game is so good nobody saves the world um, do you remember this happened i looked up and this did happen in 2022 it happened january 6th 2022 where the pope was visiting somewhere and there was like a oh, circus yeah. performing thing and they played megalovania <laughs> that's right so so the pope has heard that song <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh. that should be included for best game music of 2022 because the pope had to hear megalovania yeah. that's so good <laughs> Uh, let's see. Hugo Aguilar says, hey, everybody, I wrote in about a month ago uh, to not sleep on Grounded, the Obsidian survival game. I'm back to let you know that the soundtrack is also amazing. This is the song Broodmother, where you fight a spider. Oh. boss theme needs a chorus i think it just makes yeah. everything better that's even if it's just a little spider when i see a spider just yeah i know that's what it sounds like when i kill spiders um i know you all I, I know that i'm really cool and collected on this podcast but i'll have you know the the drink that i was reaching for just a little while ago a spider was just crawling up it and i was very calm about it but inside well, well, i was hearing that music i swear 
Um, believe it. Alex K wrote in about uh, the Meta Knight track from Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, how good that is oh, uh, for a remix. Good, good game. Yeah. Good game, good soundtrack. Sleepy Mailman uh, brings in Pokemon Legends Arceus, also solid soundtrack in there. Patrick Hughes, uh, technically, uh, Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition released this year. And if you got to talk <laughs> game music, you got to mention Chrono Cross, of course, number one. Uh, Mike Spam, another Mitsuda joint, by the way, for Chrono Cross, same composer as Xenoblade. But uh, Mike Spam writes in, and says, my pick for the best song this year is a track from Ace Combat's DLC. Uh-huh. And let's just jump into it because there's a theme to this DLC, but let's see if you can guess it here. The Top Gun Maverick DLC from Ace Combat 7. <laughs> Never would have thought of it. Thank you for writing in with that one, Mike Spam. Uh, also, they say, uh, while I have the opportunity to slip in an every game is interesting fact, Ace Combat 7 was delayed for one month after it was already ready delayed because the game's director didn't think there was a cool enough song in it. <laughs> so... There we go. Ace Combat 7, everybody. It just took one from Top Gun. Yeah. yeah always like, leave that choice to the game director. Always <laughs> leave that choice to the game uh, Charles Davis uh, wrote in with the Stray soundtrack, which is great. Uh, oh, it's yeah, it's good. And then Captain Cobblepot and David Gilman both wrote in uh, praising the soundtrack to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Absolutely. Mega Ran is in there. It's so, so good. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Specifically, this yep. song David Gilman wrote in about Panic in the Sky. Let's listen to this one here. Oops. This is uh, while you're running around the streets of New York City. Yeah, it is. Blow you up like dynamite. I mean, that soundtrack is perfect. <laughs> yeah, that is as turtles as it gets. Like new songs can be made that sound like that. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> just, just that, like it, we're still able to harness that energy. <laughs> Somehow, it's not lost to time. It's not some ancient <laughs> skill like basket yeah. weaving that nobody knows how to do anymore. 
All right, uh, a lot more tracks. Uh, the beauty is the YouTube version of uh, this show. Feel free to put a link in the comments below for your favorite track from 2022. There's so much that obviously we couldn't get to, and I'm sure your favorite game we missed in there, but we respect it and we honor it, everybody. Um, hey, while you're there, will you yeah. subscribe to my YouTube channel too? Yeah, yeah. How, where do they find that? Level with Emily Reese. It's just YouTube. It's just YouTube. Yeah, just youtube.com slash level with Emily Reese. Or you could just Google it. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Thanks. Sorry. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> hey, plug away. Just interrupt us at I any point. I need subscribers. We, it's a new thing for us. We didn't really have a presence on YouTube until this year. So it's like we're, we're trying to build it up. It's yeah. the way to go. If you want yep. some actual feedback on your podcast, uh, just get it on YouTube, everybody. Some of the feedback will be mean, but sometimes right. there's nice comments <laughs> in there, too. Yeah, you never know. Uh, hey, Jacob Keller, do you know how this podcast operates and this whole thing operates? Um, well, we've hired a whole symphony to make the yeah. new MinMax theme, um, but we're paying them through Patreon. That's right, everybody. Patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's. We are, last I checked, I think 59 new supporters on Patreon away from hitting our goal of streaming a cozy holiday feast. So if you want us to have a holiday feast, this goal is expiring uh, on December 31st. So you can jump in there at the $2 tier, and then we'll be streaming a very cozy feast with all the holiday staples, and Leo and Sarah and I, and more special guests will be oh, around the beautiful nice. table chugging wine and having a good time, but only if we hit that goal. And we are 59 supporters away, so please jump in there if you think our content has been worth $2 this year. Please jump in there, even just for one month. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to some of our biggest supporters, people like Fixture S1. Fixture Gaming, everybody, they're back. Uh, showing off the Fixture S1. They've been big supporters of ours, including during Extra Life this year. Uh, they let us auction off some custom MinMax Fixture S1s. Um, and what that is, Emily, is this is a clip that you put on your Nintendo Switch Pro Controller, and then you can slide the Switch on top of that. So you can play nice. with the most comfortable controller on the go with your Nintendo Switch. Google it, you'll understand exactly what it is, the Fixture S1, and they want everybody to know that the Fixture S2 is now available. This is the version that's compatible with the Switch OLED screen. So if you have the OLED Switch and you want to play with the great screen and the great controller, uh, check out Fixture Gaming. There's links below for all the stuff. And they also want everybody to know that Fixture Gaming has a special offer for the MinMax Show's listeners. If you visit FixtureGaming.com and use the code MinMax, two ends of course, You'll get $5 off of your order, and you will also receive the custom MinMax Show skin for the Fixture S1 with your order for free! So check out that link below, FixtureGaming.com. Use the promo code MinMax. You can get the custom MinMax skin in there as well. Also, thank you to the folks from Omaha Steaks, everybody. Uh, Omaha Steaks, they ship some of these steaks to our house. Uh, just delightful. I was so excited to cook those things up. Even tonight, we're having company over to watch Survivor because we're a bunch of big nerds over here. And I'm excited because not only did they ship over a bunch of steaks, but they shipped over some chicken, they shipped over some delicious burgers. And tonight we're gonna make a big batch of those Omaha Steak burgers. Uh, mm. And I cannot wait to dive in. Uh, it's fun to have steaks 
as something to promote on the podcast. And they're good and cheaper than you think, everybody. Less expensive than you think. So you can send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites. Guaranteed to impress like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is a great gift from the heart, they want you to know, and a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with a complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best with Omaha Steaks. You can visit omahasteaks.com and use this promo code MINMAX at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. Promo Two code ends. MINMAX. Two ends, of course, at omahasteaks.com. Check it out, everybody. And thank you, of course, to our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want you to know about the vinyl soundtrack to A Musical Story, another game that released this year with a great soundtrack, so very appropriate that they're on this episode. But this is the vinyl soundtrack available in I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. And believe it or not, the vinyl looks amazing. All of I Am 8-Bit's vinyls looks absolutely incredible. So you can check that out. It includes the exclusive bonus track by Disaster Piece and has album art by Alexander Ray. So check it out in I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store and Everything in that store you can get for 10% off by using the promo code WETBANDITS. WETBANDITS, one word, everybody. WETBANDITS for 10% off everything under $100 in i8-Bit's wonderful online store. They are excellent over there at i8-Bit. If you're looking to get a gamer in your life or just a nerd in your life or somebody who likes cool, fancy things in your life, a good gift this holiday season, check out i8-Bit's wonderful online store and use that promo code WETBANDITS. And help support them because they support us in a big way by shipping out a prize each and every week to the MinMax community because i8-Bit is very generous. So whoever has the best question this week, Submit it over there on Patreon. If you're a $2 Patreon supporter, you can submit a question. Whoever has the number one question this week will receive the Spirit Fair vinyl soundtrack. All thanks to Oh, God. The one with the new DLC stuff in it? Uh, It's just the soundtrack. Still great. It's uh, still great. I'm not sure if the double vinyl soundtrack. Uh, All right. Aaron Hurd writes in and he says, Hey, Maxis, that's us. Thank you. Um, What is the rudest you've ever seen someone be in public? My wife and I went to a comedy show this past weekend, and a woman in the front row interrupted every comedian, even when they were mid-sentence, and then tried to grab the microphone after the show ended before the host yelled, Get off the stage, crazy white lady, and she was escorted away. Uh, What is your rudest person in public you've ever seen? Uh... Uh, There's so many. There's so many. There's a lot of real (laughs) jerks out there, and I don't know what's wrong with these people. Like I saw, oh, man. I saw one at the post office the other day where I was waiting in line forever, and this guy like barged in, and I could not fathom his tone, but he's like, "Hey, what time? What time do they pick up the mail from those mailboxes outside?" And they're like, it "Says on the mailbox." Well, there we go. There's a good first step. Um, he's like, "Cause I." I accidentally put the wrong address on a letter and I need it back. I need that. I need someone to go in there and give me that letter back to reach in there and get it back to me. And he was like screaming at them about this. It's like, you're the one that made the mistake. Like, what is this tone? They're here to help you, buddy. I just could not fathom. And I just wanted to throw him in the back of the car and just drive him out to a beautiful farm upstate. I don't, I don't know what you do with those people. Like if that's your default tone. I guess the other day I went to a grocery store Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were two cars who thought they should take up more room. And I have a, I just have a Honda Accord. And I don't care what the outside looks like because I live in the city and I live in Minneapolis. So it's going to get wrecked anyway. Love it. So I literally, I will wedge in there. I don't care if I have to climb out the trunk. I'll do that just to make those rude people suffer <laughs> on their way out. Um, 
So that's probably the the quickest thing I can think of in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I uh, I used to work at a restaurant, so I have uh, infinity stories of people being Ooh, rude uh, yeah. to me specifically. Um, but there was one that that sticks out because I was. Uh, trying to be so accommodating where where uh, this person came in and and said uh didn't didn't you used to have uh a dish that was like uh loaded fries with cheese and bacon uh and i said no uh, that's that's never a dish that we've had but if you'd like i can get you this fries and i can bring you a side of cheese and a side of bacon and you can like like we can make that for you yeah and and she was like oh, oh okay fine um and so i did that and brought it to the table and this is like like a custom dish that i have made her and she was like this is bullshit and these aren't the fries that i asked for and it was it was that <laughs> thing where it was like she was telling me what the menu was and how I had gotten it wrong. And I was like, I have worked here for two <laughs> years. I like I know what the menu is <laughs> and, oh, and just the kind of like like I could not possibly be thinking of another restaurant. The person right. who's here every day of his life doesn't understand what the menu is. Oh, God. Oh, those yeah. people. I remember um, I was in Osaka. And it was, I think, the Mega Man 11 cover trip for Game Informer because like Tim Turry was there, I remember. Um, and we're in Osaka, and we had a translator who was working at Capcom. Now I think he's at Bandai Namco. I think he's like Dan Tak's boss. But he was our translator for that trip with Capcom and stuff. And so we we're just so used to going to him for all translations for everything. And there was a table next to us of a bunch of drunk British people. Um, and they were having a tough time talking to the waiter and like there's clearly the waiter didn't speak English and so it was just all out the window and my girlfriend who was uh, uh, on the trip at the time and my girlfriend at the time um, but she's like oh here table we have a translator right here he can help you and God bless her for like going out on a limb to try and help these people but the translator was like uh okay so we went over and tried to like get in between the waiter at this sushi restaurant and the drunk British people he was over there for over 10 minutes Wow. And then he comes back and we're like, what was that about? And he's like, those British people at the sushi restaurant are saying they want them to cook the sushi. <laughs> and the chef very rightfully came out and said he would not do it. And then it came down to the British people being like, look, we don't want it like fried. We just want you to run some heat through it. <laughs> like no it's sushi we're not gonna quote not run works. some heat through it <laughs> so the, the translator was just like oh my god i needed to get out of there it was a nightmare and then i think they just wow. got up and left because they were so offended that the sushi place in this japanese restaurant was not doing it right oh um let's see halia kashishke writes in and says how do you prefer games to handle difficulty settings having multiple difficulties is important for accessibility but i hate choosing should I be? Should it be a laid-back experience or an intense one? Maybe the best option is to have multiple options with one that is recommended or intended difficulty. What do you think? What's the right way to do that? You know, I like I like it when they do kind of say like this is the way we prefer you to experience the game. Right. And then, uh, so I I guess I prefer there to be at least three settings. I want easy, normal, and hard. At the very least. And then if you want to have nightmare or god mode or whatever, go for it. But um, but I think that's 
that usually makes me pretty happy. And then I also like it when you can change in the midstream, you know, you can be like, oh, I wish I would have started this on the normal mode instead of easy mode or something. That is nice. Um, I like it when you can change midstream. And specifically when they tell you at the difficulty yeah. screen at the start, like you can change this later if you need to. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. helpful. My my favorite thing is when the... It, 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 it requires a kind of specific type of game, like a, a Devil May Cry or something. But when you maintain, you kind of like can new game plus into harder difficulties, but like the harder difficulties are designed for you to have gone through the game already. Mm, and yeah. so like in Devil May Cry, you play it through a normal, you unlock all the skills, all the like you get all the weapons and whatever. And then hard is designed for you to have all those abilities and all those weapons like from right. the jump. And so it's kind of like now that you know how to play the game, you know, we're going to we're going to amp the difficulty up or whatever. And so it's like it's really it lets you prepare on normal and then it gives you kind of the real game once you already know how it works. That is that's my favorite thing. I would like people in the comments to let us know. How do you pronounce that game name? Because do you... Do you I know th- I put the emphasis somewhere weird. <laughs> you do. You say Devil May Cry. I, yeah. I, think, I think I say Devil May Cry. I think... It, do you know May why? Cry? Is there a reason? You know the game series so well, so I'm not trying to second guess you, but do you know why I, you say Devil May Cry? I, I don't know. I, because, I, it, because it's a weird phrase and it's like I don't know. it's you like know. devil and, may cry but may not yeah devil it, may it's cry. just it's yeah. been in my head like that since i was a kid and i don't think it's coming out <laughs> okay hey nothing wrong with that i've always been teased for saying taco bell instead of taco bell taco bell. i always say taco bell oh that's like subtle. taco bell cannon yeah i always right, say <laughs> right right just like that taco bell taco bell God, I would never yeah. think of it. Taco Bell. Is this a good new show plus option? Is we just and, put um, different emphasis on different parts of words for <laughs> classic phrases? Neither of you yeah, have experience with this, but the uh, there's the chain Bojangles in yeah. uh, in the South. Oh, and, I know Bojangles. Many, uh, many okay. different places that you can put the emphasis of Bojangles, Bojangles, Bojangles. Uh, <laughs> Bojangles. Bojangles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds like it's fried gulls. That's less appealing. Uh, Jason Wojnar writes in and says, question for Emily. If you oh. could have, but everybody can answer. Uh, if you could have any deceased composer score a video game, who would it be? And what type of game would you want him to score? Uh, Jason says, personally, I think, forgive me, Miroslav Skorik could have scored a great JRPG. His piano piece, Nara, Naradni Tenets, or Folk Dance, already sounds like great battle music, says Jason Wojnar. Nice. Any dead composer, like, I mean, I could go back 400 years for that, but any, any dead composer that has already written for games, the first one that jumped to my mind when I saw that question was Norman Corbet, who did, or Corbet, who did, he was a French-Canadian composer who wrote for Heavy Rain and Indigo Prophecy. Oh. And I loved his music in those games. And he was primarily a film composer. So I think that, you know, always lends a little different kind of style if people are kind of unfamiliar with games and they move into games and write music for games. Um, Because I just... I just loved his music and I was just like devastated when, when he passed away. I think he um, had cancer, uh, but yeah, like that's who I thought of right that's away. But then, I mean, I think it'd be pretty badass if Stravinsky did a score or Shostakovich or mm. any of those Russians from like the early 
20th century that could be just amazing. Stravinsky wasn't alive for Fantasia's release, right? Uh, he should have been. Was he? Yeah, because when... Was, was that in the 40s? Yeah, 1940, oh. I think. Yeah, no, he should have been. Okay. He lived till like the 70s or something like that. Do you think he had thoughts? Like, do you think he'd be okay with his score being used for an animated film and stuff? I mean, I'm sure he had to let that happen. I mean, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, Stravinsky in particular was like all about stage stuff, right? I mean, he did great ballets and, mm. and all kinds of really innovative visual music projects like that. So yeah. I, th I think he would have been one of the best for sure. Emily, when you said someone who had uh, composed for video games before, I had a horrible flash of, is she going to say Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, here she goes on her long <laughs> rant about how Michael Jackson <laughs> needs to come back to video games. My, uh, my answer, my, my favorite uh, deceased composer, though not dead for that long, um, is Neo Morricone. Um, oh, yeah, and, for sure. And I would, I mean, truly, it's like... Just do something like Journey, where essentially the entire game is constructed around the sound of each level. Right. Like, just let him go crazy and then yeah. make a game around it is kind of what I want. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Uh, Rabid Lime writes in and says, Emily and the Maxonauts, that's us. Who are some of your favorite underdogs or lesser known composers in video game music? Personally, I don't think Carl Floden gets enough credit. His score for The Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human is in my regular rotation, and Cluster Truck is the perfect amount of restrained insanity. P.S. Emily, top score is still in my podcatcher, your old podcast. I refuse oh, to delete it. And years ago, yeah, you took, <laughs> took uh, years ago you took time to answer an email of mine that was nothing but nerding out to you about how much I love top score, so you truly rock. Oh, yeah. Well, send me another and tell me how great I am again. <laughs> I'll save it for a rainy day. <laughs> no, that's really sweet. Um, uh, wait, what was the question? Though? Uh, like underdog composers. Oh, underdog composers. See, okay. So I don't know how much we want to get into this, but I think the recent Grammy nominations for video mm. game music really highlight a, a big problem in, in game music where... You know, obviously no one that wrote an indie score was nominated. And, you know, the, the, the number of just insanely talented composers that are rumbling around the indie scene, which we've named dozens of them just today, yeah. you know, are all underdogs, right? Because we all hear about Bear McCreary and we hear about Richard Jakes and Austin Wintry and, you know, these big, great names that write great music. And there's, I don't want to take away from their amazing you know output um but i think you know any any number of these indie composers that we named are i mean scientific has become one of my favorite composers this year um and i'm like so excited for oxenfree 2 to come out i just can't wait to hear what he's done um and you know his name is andrew rohrman just in case you need to know that but uh you know i think that's a really good example or even joel shock who did the the far changing tides yeah and the um first far game um whatever the hell far it's called. lone sales yeah 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 lone sales so 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 good and you know nobody knows who those people are you know so there's yeah. there's just so many talented composers who sadly may not get the recognition they they might deserve do you um are you happy that the grammys are trying to celebrate video games is it overall a net positive or is it just it's so 
high no, level I think boilerplate. It, I think it's a net positive. And again, I think the composers on the list are fantastic people. Like, like I that wrote fantastic music. But you know, a, a lot of times when you look at those big, huge AAA games, they're often not even the main composer really anyway. So it's like. I mean, and, and I haven't looked at the list of what Bear McCreary actually wrote for Ragnarok or mm -hmm. what he didn't write. But, you know, like when you look at Elden Ring, for example, five composers and you can see in Spotify the rundown of who did what. Um, you know, I just think I think it's hard. I think oh, I have a lot of feelings about it, um, but I think it is a net positive. I think it's something that should have happened. And I think someday we'll be surprised. I just don't think it's going to happen yet. Gotcha. By the way, as you were talking about five composers, I just realized... I had a cold panic within my soul of crap. I forgot about Marion Rabbit, uh, Marion Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, which has the three <laughs> composers, but it's also one of the greatest soundtracks of the year that I completely forgot about for this. That's right. I, I remember you it. talking about that. Yeah, you joined earlier. me for that bonus yeah. video where we kind of had people guess mm -hmm. if they could figure out which track was from who. And I got them all wrong. <laughs> well, everyone got them all wrong. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Uh, Ricky Winterborn writes in and says, "If you're on a walk and you're walking close to the same pace as a stranger in front of you." Do you speed up to pass them or slow down to keep a gap? Or are you a psychopath who floats close to the other walkers at the same pace? Hmm. I just had this happen to me, not to keep talking, but I, I just had this happen on Monday. I took a really nice walk and uh, I was going north up the street and somebody like kind of cut in front of me and I like think he saw me right as he did it. And so it was really weird because like I was on the path and he came into it ahead of me and like as soon as that next block came off he he ducked because he was like this is weird and i'm like you're right it's weird and you're the one that has to move buddy <laughs> but yeah i mean because i used to last year i was walking every day and I, I have like 17 more jobs now so i can't but i i like uh experienced that often and and usually i'll just like cross the street yep. or so because we're minnesotan right nobody wants to get too close like nobody wants to make anybody uncomfortable yeah, the worst feeling is like walking at the same pace behind people and have people like turn around and look at you like oh, what, yeah. is this guy following me what's going on it's like no i just well yeah and of course if you're on a trail you can't cross the street right yeah. so i've definitely blasted past people like who are i'm like you're just slow like i i'm six feet tall and right. i will surpass you and it's gonna be weird and i'm sorry but it's just how it goes <laughs> i always think of like that scene in juno where michael sarah's uh talking to the love interest in that in that film and then like it's like, all right, bye. And then starts to walk away and they're going the same direction. And he just does like this awesome acting performance of just like starting to walk faster away. It's so good. Uh, DJ writes in and says, I believe Kyle had a get a load of this about this, but the Radio Rental podcast about a year or two ago, uh, but I've been addicted to it ever since. Can we get an update on some of your favorite podcasts? Other than Love With Emily? Um... Yeah, I, uh, I I feel like I'm stuck in a rut of just listening to the old stuff over and over again, the old classics. You know, hey, blank check, everybody. It's a good movie podcast. Check it out. Um, the DGA podcast, Director's Cut, the DGA Guild, the Director's Guild of America podcast is still really great if you're into films. Like, I think the latest episode was Steven Spielberg talking about the Fablemans with Paul Thomas Anderson, which is amazing to have that recorded. It's like half an hour. It's like, eh, an hour like this should be five hours long what are you idiots <laughs> doing but still worth having um and then on party chat our bonus podcast which you get access to at the five dollar tier it's right in your favorite podcast app um every single week but leo vader was we we're talking about andor on this week's episode of party chat mm. and leo was a big fan of it it's kind of a big communal review talking about that show the star wars show 
But Leo brought up um, a more civilized age, which is, I think it's oh, in the Waypoint. That's Austin Walker, right? Austin Walker and Rob Zachney and Natalie Watson and uh, Ali Akampora. Sorry for butchering that. Um, but Star Wars podcast, I've listened to him before. I feel like you get the gist, but good lord everybody on that podcast is so smart like i enjoyed andor and now i'm listening to their rundown of each episode and i feel like throwing in the towel as a podcast like how am i supposed to compete with this they're a thousand times smarter than i am it is just unbelievable so a more civilized age for that star wars podcast there cool gotta check that out jacob listen to anything new I mean, new, no, you know, I've got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on my, my blank check and Doughboys, like, Patreons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, speaking of podcasts where people are really smart, um, <laughs> uh, Just King Things with, uh, Cameron Kunzelman and, uh, uh, Michael Lutz is is like a a Stephen King podcast where they're reading the books in publication mm. order um and they're both you know they're both English PhDs and they're very smart but like it is just so fascinating to hear them read those books in order because that is not something that most people do with King no. and they just yeah. did it was like they one of the strangest projects so far is they read the stand as it was originally released where it was like there had to be like 800 pages cut out of the stand because it was literally too thick to profitably print and then like six years later Stephen King kind of had the leverage to be like now you're gonna print the whole thing like uncut wow. and that's that's the copy that you'll probably get of the stand now but like right. reading both reading a a 900 page book and then like a 1700 page book and being like okay what changed here like what what are the differences and did it make it better uh is really fascinating and I wow. recommend it uh, Ian T. Clark says, I said I wasn't going to do it. I promised myself it wasn't worth it. But yesterday my willpower broke and I finally downloaded Vampire Survivors on PC. Um, this game needs to be regulated by the FDA because it is a drug, says Ian T. Clark. Um, is there any chance that Vampire Survivor makes the 210s for 2022? Uh, I think there's a very good chance that... Uh, it's on my 110 uh, <laughs> as, as just an individual. Yeah. Um, I, I know Kyle enjoys it. I, Jacob Keller, I need to spend more time with it. I just looked through the day and it's, I think I have like 15 hours in it or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that's chump change. I feel like I'm not quite to that level of love and passion that so many other people in the industry are. I mean, people like Dan Riker, it's like, oh, it's number one best game of the year. And everyone was outraged that it wasn't nominated for game of the year and stuff where it's like, am I missing something? Maybe I just need to get better at just that loop. I understand it is very compelling to play. But is there an epiphany to have after dozens of hours in that game, Jacob Geller, that I haven't uh, hit yet? I mean, are you getting, like, the weapon evolutions? Um, Where it's, a... like, you, you, like, upgrade the garlic all the way, and then you also have, like, the, the heart sub-item, and so the garlic turns into, like, a big thing. Oh, maybe not. I don't think so. You should just look up. It's, like, there are combinations of weapon plus like passive item okay and when you have those then the weapon turns into like a super version of itself and like that's the that's the kind of meta game of planning what you want and it's also like you can just play for so much longer because those weapons are so strong so right. just look those up and then see if that clicks with you yeah uh let's see james gameboy writes in and says better quest goal everybody 
Better quest goal accomplished. My playdate game, Distill My Beating Heart, Distill as in distillery, um, is now available on Itch.io for a mere dollar. There are a few minor improvements I'd like to make to it in the future, but for now I'm pleased to have made a fun and somewhat educational game about making whiskey. Way to go, James Game Boy. Nice. Yes. Make Great a play name game. Also, yes. like really yes. solid. <laughs> yes. Uh, Uncharted Wolf also wrote in and says, Better quest goal today. Uh, hearing Jill Grote talk about mythology on the deepest dive for God of War Ragnarok has made me want to read more about other types of mythologies. I picked up a book about Japanese myths and legends on Black Friday, and my goal is to finish it by the end of the year. Hold me accountable. You're being held accountable, Uncharted Wolf. Do it. Read that book. Uh, let's see. Captain Cabblepot says, Hey, everybody, what are the worst video game mechanics that just make you want to pull your hair out? For oh, me, it's any escort mission. I was playing oh, Jack 2 yes. the other day, and it has one of the worst escort missions. It has an instant fail mechanic for when the escorted character, a child, get hits once. It's so frustrating to replay over and over when you inevitably fail. Yeah. So what game mechanics 100%. drive you wild? That's my number one, probably, too. Escort. Is that. Yeah, or I play a lot of Destiny. Don't hold that against me. And one of my <laughs> biggest complaints about that is all the annoying platforming that I have to do between fight scenes. I'm like, just give me enemies to kill. That's all I want at the end of my day is a gun and a room full of enemies that I can clear out. And it's like, you make me platform for two minutes before the next, and I'm just like, nobody has time for this. That's I just funny. Get really annoyed by that. Yeah, different. escort missions are the fucking worst. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, I think on this. the deepest dive, uh, Jill Grote talked about how wild it is that like people are always annoyed by companion characters in games, but like the fact that the recent God of War games that that we enjoy Atreus as a companion, that that series has just nailed companions in such a degree. They're like, oh, Atreus rules. Uh, I don't like playing the game without him. You know, it's like just a real testament to how... I mean, I feel like it's are. probably, what, like 2011, 2012, like Bioshock Infinite is kind of the first one that I remember of like, hey, she can't be hurt. You know, right, of just right. like, this character is never going to let you or like make you game over. And I feel like since then, I can't remember a game that has kind of had a an annoyingly fragile companion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we all learned that lesson. Um, I, uh, I, I don't like crafting in general in, in most games, but especially bad is like in something like a far cry where it's like, you can't get a bigger ammo pouch until you kill a Komodo dragon and a Komodo dragon is only in this one part of the map. And then you go to that part of the map and you can't find any. And you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> am I just supposed I mean, that's to Red Dead too. walk mm -hmm. around here until I find one? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. Kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Nick from Atlanta, so we have the question over there on Patreon, more of a statement, saying, Hello, everybody. With 2023 right around the corner, I want to plug that Fantasy Critic will be starting soon. If you think you can draft the best unique roster of 2023 games to outscore your fellow MinMax community members, you should go to the Discord and, number one, grab the Fantasy Critic role from the Role Assignments channel. Number two, check out the Community Gaming channel for the latest updates. And that's it. Feel free to ask any questions you have in that channel. Leagues are currently forming, and our drafting event will be the weekend of December 10th and 11th. And if you aren't currently in the Midnight's Discord, did you know that you can get access to the amazing community and compete in Trivia Tower for only $2 a month? Oh, Nick, you're too kind, please. Um, also, <laughs> we should point out that there is a channel in the Discord that's JRPG Game Club? Help me out with the exact name. Uh, but they are going to be doing a big game club discussion about uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. 
reunion that game that's coming out that everyone was screaming that we should do the deepest dive on but we won't be doing it our apologies um but if you want the deepest dive like experience you can jump in that discord because everybody will have a big old discussion in there so jump in the community discord for min max please um let's see this is more of like a party chat question kind of behind the scenes but why not uh, luciano Camaseto writes in and asks, "What? It, why is the criteria for MinMax's Patreon goals always the number of members supporting the total Patreon and not a dollar amount? Is it a long-term strategy that has been shown to work out better? I'm just curious. I'm sure the people in the community would raise their pledge to meet some of these goals if that were an option. I hear you, Luciano. That's very kind of you. Um, I, I'm sure we'll change eventually, but I don't like having dollar amount goals for something that isn't going to cost money. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we'll buy the food and wine and stuff for that holiday feast, but it's not like we're going to be spending thousands on it compared to something like Trek to Shrek with Janet, where we flew her uh, all the way to Minnesota and had an Airbnb and stuff like that. Um, so she that made give sense. A six out of a 10 on one of the best burgers in <laughs> Minneapolis. What the hell, Janet? Yeah, you know what? We shouldn't have hit that goal in retrospect. The community really <laughs> blew it by raising all that money. Um, so yeah, if, if there's not an actual financial reason for it, I feel bad being like, all right, everybody boost those dollars for the sake of it um i know other patreons do that so maybe we'll evolve to do it maybe they're smarter than and we no, are no i mean look as, as someone else with a patreon who also does like member numbers yeah th- there are a couple reasons one is that um it's it's much better to have a bunch of small patrons than one big one yes like yes. that's just it it is so much more financially secure because if you have one person who gives a hundred dollars a month and then they drop that's a hundred less dollars but if you have you know 30 people who give three dollars a month then you're not relying on like one person and so i just want i would prefer to have more people who give a little yeah um and also it's like it's not like the goals even when they do cost money they're they're not they don't cost like that amount of money usually it's not like i can only do this if i reach it and so it just feels like you know it's like it's a celebration of the community not like a celebration of like hey hey we're getting you know six thousand dollars (laughs) right it just it just feels a little more kind of like uh i don't know business-like when I don't think that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so we're hoping to expand into a new audience and bring more people in uh, that trying to convince them that Patreon is not scary and there are a ton of benefits there that you can check out. I promise you will not be disappointed if you just want to try it for for one month. So $2, jump in, let us hit that goal. We'd appreciate it. Uh, Luca Alberti writes in and says, Hey, Maxers, I recently managed to cross off from my backlog the movie Fargo and I loved it. Oh, yeah. Being the only person I know based in Minnesota, who else is better to ask... Uh, do people really talk like that over there? Is it a thing of the yes. past? Is yeah, yeah the Minneapolis comma? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that scene in the Ope. bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. We also do Ope. Ope, Ope is good. Ope, Ope is yeah. universal, or at least it should but no, be. No, you go 15 minutes outside the metro, and mm. that's all you hear. I mean, it's insane. Although, yeah. like, you know, I grew up two hours to the west, like out in the woods and stuff, and there is a yeah. great, like, hearing a Minnesota accent, it makes me really happy. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of people, especially the old timers would have a thick accent and stuff and relatives and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I just watched Fargo again this summer and like, it's so over the top and I watched like the making it's of Fargo. Yeah. And I watched the making of Fargo and they talk about like, you know, great actors like William H. Macy and what's the, the great lady in that movie Francis McDermott thank you so much um mm-hmm. but they talk about like working with their accent coaches on the Minnesotan accent where it's like it still Apparently feels like it's 
pretty it, hard. Is that right? Yep. Apparently, it's one of the harder ones to nail in in the U.S. I guess, especially if you're British, it's really difficult. Whereas if a British person does a Southern accent, that's very easy. That's much easier huh. for them. Yeah. So awesome. I've heard that this Northern bit is is tough to nail. Huh. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say as as someone who didn't grow up in Minnesota, but has has uh, family two hours like to the south of uh, of Minneapolis, which yeah. is, I think, more near Fargo than no, uh, nope. where you opposite. Oh, Okay. Well, then <laughs> Iowa. I, Iowa is close. Yeah. I feel like uh, whenever I went up there, I was like, "Haha, I'm in a Coen Brothers movie." My, my <laughs> grandma talks exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. If you want like a Minnesotan in Fargo, um, the scene where they're shoveling, there's a guy shoveling outside, and the cops talking to him, and he's like, "That's in St. Louis Park." Yeah, that's right. And so yeah. he's a Minnesotan because he was Brian Vore's professor at the university of minnesota for some reason the Coen brothers up. cast him is yeah so the guy's going like the, oh just in uh, a general sort of way one of the just kind of funny looking guys yes yep yep not in any particular way just kind of funny looking. that's exactly yeah. it yeah gonna be a cold one tomorrow uh that type yeah. of thing yeah so there's and like there's um there's a podcast that makes me really happy to hear it's it's called my ely story and if you want like real Minnesotan accents, like Ely, Minnesota is way up there as well. And I, yeah. I'm sure I have a little accent that pops out here and there, but that is just like as pure as you can get for old timer Minnesota accent. So <laughs> yeah, great. Fargo, it's it's a bit much. We don't take it as gospel, but there's, you get the idea, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, yes. but it's, it's a little, it's like Foghorn Leghorn is to the Southern accent or something, you know, like it's, <laughs> there's something there, I Benoit guess. Blanc is to the yes, Southern accent. Yes, yes, maybe that's a better way to put it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. What do y'all like for a question of the week here? Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, I like I like the rude people in general. Yeah, I really um, like that one. I like the underdog composer because Emily got yeah, to flex a, a little one. bit. Uh, podcast recommendation, of course. Thing to make you pull your hair out. Emily, you're a guest of honor. What do you think? Uh, I would... Oh, actually, the pull your hair out one. Pull yeah, your hair that's out? That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do that one. It's always fun to talk about what we hate about games when we're talking about what we love about <laughs> games. Right. You know what I mean? That's been Max's uh, central <laughs> guiding principle. <laughs> there we go. Captain Cobblepot, congratulations. You just won a vinyl soundtrack from I Am 8-Bit. Uh, now it's time for something that we call Get a Load of This. Sorry, I forgot to give you a heads up. Emily, uh, do you have a little factoid or something you learned recently that you could share for get a load of this just to really put you on the spot? Uh, I can, I can go first. Sure. Go for, yeah. He, give her some time. Um, okay. I recently watched a video that I'm, I'm trying to pull up now so I can get the title exactly right. Um, but it's called why did links cell shading disappear? And it is, uh, it, it, in Amazing. in concept at least this investigation of like there's one place in breath of the wild you can go that's like a little hole in a bridge that when link yeah. stands there it's like the game does not look cell shaded anymore right and it's like, why does that happen why does it only happen in this one location why is it even possible for link to like not look cell shaded there and it is it's a really thorough and really clear explanation of like how cell shading lighting systems in games work that both makes it make sense and also 
is one of those videos where you watch and it's like, how is it possible that any video game ever gets made? Like, this is the most complicated system I've ever heard of. And then it's like at the end, you do understand why when he stands there, the cell shading disappears. Um, And also the the video shows what Breath of the Wild looks like when you like take off the all the lighting effects. Yeah. And it looks like a like an early PS2 monster hunter. Like it's it's amazing <laughs> how how many like generations it goes back. That's funny. Uh hey, get a little of this everybody. Uh Davy PGH went viral on Twitter a while ago for saying something that maybe is common sense. Uh but they say, "Hey, I was today years old." And then it's just a video showing them popping out a GameCube disc. Which is like, "Well, you know how to remove a GameCube disc, the little thing. You just got to pry it from the side." Oh, it turns out, sorry for all these um, fun computer sounds. Uh, my computer's decided to make as much noise as possible right now to interrupt my great point. But it turns out uh, the center of the, the little hole in the disc, uh, you can just press down on that in the GameCube and the disc pops up. I had no idea that this was an option. I feel like I've just been close to breaking every GameCube disc in half, but apparently you can just pop down in the middle and the GameCube disc will pop right up. So everybody playing your GameCube, um, there's an easier way to eject the disc apparently amazing uh emily you can say anything it could be as yeah, simple no, as you I, want i will just say i got this really cool app the other day called decibel and it just you know you can just turn it on and see what the noise and the frequencies are Ooh. in whatever space you're in and and there are a bunch of different ones uh, on in the app store to, for you can do this but and so i was just having fun we had some friends over the other i had some friends over the other night and you know just measuring different things and at one point after everybody left, I was hanging out with the cat and I was like, I'm going to stick this on the cat while she's purring. And, you know, normally when you see a readout of frequencies in a room, there's a lot of jagged edges because there are all kinds of competing frequencies that are peaking all across the decibel meter. Sure. And when I stuck it on my cat, it smoothed out mm. and it was like amazing i was like whoa that's why it's so soothing to hear a stinking cat purr because (laughs) all the frequencies it just turned into this beautiful arc as opposed to this jagged kind of stock markety looking thing and so that's my fun fun thing i noticed the other day (laughs) that's good what's the app called again um it's called decibel and there are two of them called that and so i'll show you the one i got is um it looks like this when you open it up decibel everybody check it out there's a link below for all this fun stuff so you can obviously see me talking but yeah otherwise and it tells you like you know if you're inside a car or you know it gives you like the range or like if a plane will fly over you'll Mm. start to see all these low frequencies peak that we can't even hear which is really crazy i mean it'd be fun to bring it to a concert because (laughs) <laughs> you know what emily It'd these be like concerts are too loud yeah more. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. uh hey uh get a load of this from the community there's a whole channel dedicated to people sharing fun facts uh, apparently insider gaming um has an article uh niche posted it uh letting everybody know that apparently the insiders are saying that beyond good and evil 2 is still in quote early development so it's in development, but it's still early, apparently, according to Insider Gaming. So thanks, Niche, for sharing that fun article. Link below for all this funky stuff. Um, and hey, that's it for this episode of The MinMax Show. Thank you so much for watching or listening. And if you're watching, I'm sorry you had to watch us listen to so many things, but 
That's how you <laughs> podcast about music, apparently. Um, let's see. We have a lot of stuff happening here. Uh, the Deepest Dive on God of War Ragnarok. We just wrapped it up this week. So we have that all up on MinMax's YouTube channel. You can check it out there, or you can unlock the podcast version of it by supporting us at that $5 tier. And then all of those podcast discussions are in your bonus podcast feed. We ended up talking about God of War Ragnarok for 12 and a half hours total. Um, and I still feel like there's a lot more we could have said. Uh, it is a fascinating game. And so, yeah, Kyle Bossman, formerly of Easy Allies, now of Delayed Input, joined us for that. And Serial Vasquez, if you miss him, you want to hear him talk about God of War Ragnarok for 12 and a half hours. Boy, do we have something for you. Um, then also Jill Grote from the Indian Former is on that as well. Uh, so it's it fun to finally wrap up. And the final episode is the longest because Jacob Geller, there's just so much darn stuff to talk about with that game. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> It's awesome. a fascinating journey, so you can check that out. Uh, we appreciate everybody unlocking that podcast version in their favorite podcast app. Also, uh, we have our music podcast. This is a good place to plug it. Crossfade, hosted by Matt Helgeson, co-hosted by Jason Daphnis. Uh, the latest episode is all about the band Low from oh, Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, the main singer just passed away, so it's kind of a, a big tribute episode to Low, a band that maybe you don't know, but I saw some people in the Discord talking about it. Like, the second I heard that first song from Low, I knew I was immediately in love. Uh, so yeah. check it out. Uh, other recent episodes have been about Bruce Springsteen, but we've talked about it before. Emily Reese has been on, of course. Uh, but if you want to hear a, a podcast that has the composer of Hades talking about Queens of the Stone Age and the Beatles, Crossfade is the podcast for you. It's not a Patreon exclusive thing, so check it out in your favorite podcast app. And also, if you miss Matt Helgeson's voice from hosting the Game Informer show back in the day, that is the place to find it. Uh, again, if you support us on Patreon, you get access to Party Chat, bonus podcast each and every week, and a whole lot more. This week, we talk about Castlevania, talk about Andor, like I mentioned. Leo Vader is on that episode. It's a fun time. Uh, also, a new episode of Collector Corner. Uh, coming up uh, this week with Kelsey Lewin showing off some rare collectibles from the game industry fun stuff like that a uh, new episode of Steam Secret Stash is up on YouTube as well also I uh, wanted to plug out uh, wanted to really plug out the concept of Wall of Heroes every MinMax video has a slideshow that rotates and if you support us on Patreon at the $100 tier you can put any image you want in that slideshow this can be a picture of your pet picture of your face picture of your favorite game picture of your small company picture of your podcast whatever you want and if you lock it in right now you can have that rotating throughout the month of December which is going to be our big game of the year discussion episode season um, and so just a heads up that for $100 if you jump up there just for one month you can get an image seen millions and millions of times. Like I really, I crunch the numbers at a certain point and especially in December, which is gonna be a big month for us, millions of times, everybody, for $100. Those types of impressions in the ad business, you don't come by them often. So check it out, everybody, if you wanted to try it out, promote something, anything you want, uh, within reason, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. Nothing gross or weird, uh, but $100, jump in there, we'd appreciate it. Um, also, heads up for everybody that uh, next week, because the Game Awards are going to be airing on Thursday evening, we're going to hold off on recording the MinMax show until Friday. So next week's episode of the podcast is going to be on a delay so that we can talk about uh, the big reveals from the Game Awards. Hopefully by then we'll be talking about Callisto Protocol and maybe a little about Need for Speed as well. Uh, but don't expect the podcast on Thursday. It'll be up on Friday next week because of the Game Awards. But we will be doing a reaction stream from the MinMax studio with Sarah and Leo for the Game Awards. That should be a fun time. That's on Thursday. Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Central. All right. I think that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show. Emily, final thoughts, final plugs? 
Uh, just check out the podcast if you haven't. Level with Emily. You can find it, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, Amazon, Google. Um, and as I mentioned, we've been really uh, working hard on our YouTube channel this year, getting up past episodes, getting up all the new episodes. So um, please do subscribe to us there. And we also have a Patreon. We don't have quite as many amazing offerings as uh, my other guests here, but uh, but we we do appreciate any support that you could toss our way. It's always really helpful. And um, we're expecting really awesome, amazing things over the next year where we've invested a lot of time and capital into into doing some pretty cool things. So right stick with us and check it out if you haven't yet. There you go. Level with Emily. Oh, um, and we're Discord too. Obviously, we're, we have hmm. a Discord and you can join it anytime. It's it's always, the link is always in our show notes. Come on into the Discord and, and say hey. Awesome. Uh, I'm just realizing we didn't play any music from Immortality. We really blew it, didn't we? Oh. Well, we could go out to a lot, of, a lot of good, a lot of good music tracks this year. Yeah, it's really hard to pick. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Geller, uh, you have your essay about immortality. Is that the latest? Yeah, if you if you want to hear a lot about one song in immortality, though not a song composed for the game, um, you can go go and listen to that one. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen to Level with Emily. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> oh, all right. that's so sweet, Jake. Thank you so much, folks, for talking about game music. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening, watching all that fun stuff. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Minmax Show. Until then, thanks be good for having f- us on. Absolutely, <laughs> be good, have fun. Let's go, everybody.